Hello, my wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM, Drive Time Big Q&A. This is the program where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible, and where we look at the world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I am Nick Rita, the South Australian Regional Coordinator for Faith FM, and if you like to make a comment or have your questions answered, please text us on 04-888-8011. The number again, and some people like to hear it differently. Now, I know that uh, the other day I was just talking about that. How would you say this number? And some people say, hey, we say it 04 Double eight, zero eight, double one. You can choose uh, which one uh, is more uh, practical for you to remember. But um, we'll love to hear from you. We'll love to um, hear your uh, opinion in regard to the discussion we are going to have today. And please don't hesitate to write an SMS as we go, and we'll be able to um, to communicate with you. You can be part of this program today. I would like to welcome our uh, co-host today, and uh, again, I have uh, the privilege to have with me Eric uh, Hoar. Eric is a passionate member of uh, of the church, working with indigenous people uh, for quite a number of years. But not only, uh, Eric, uh, later on we'll uh, talk a little bit more about uh, uh, the love Eric has for books, because he was working with books for many, many years. But we'll come to that a bit later on. Eric, good to have you with us. Well, thank you, Nick. It's great to be here. And I said to hear in the news during the week that um, there was another mass shooting in uh, in America. Right. Uh, in Indianapolis. And... Um, uh, they had Biden up there, um, once again, another American president talking about this very situation of having these high-powerful weapons over there that can hold 100, 200 rounds, you know. He wow. said, why Why would anybody, the average Joe Blog, have these? He said, we need to bring in more more control, especially with people that are, are depressed and, and they don't have many much control. You can actually go and buy, practically buy a gun in a supermarket, anybody, you know. Mm. And this year alone, there's been 147 mass murders, 147, wow. which is incredible. And last year, 2020, they had 600 mass, mm. mass shootings. And so, and then you see the people mourning. And, and just think to yourself, well, why don't they do something over there? And of course, we know it's all politically run, mm-hmm. that the gun lobby is very powerful over there. Yes. And controls a lot of the, uh, the goings on in, in, in the government over there. And they're just too scared to handle it. I think you, you look at all the presidents that have come by and talked about this very matter still happening today. It's mm. amazing. I don't know. And particularly, Eric, uh, as you mentioned about that, in a country like uh, United States, uh, uh, who was, uh, you know, uh, uh, formed or based on the biblical principles. Mm. And one of the commandments of the, you know, the Ten Commandments is, thou shall not kill. Mm. And uh, I know that many people will say we have these guns for defense. Uh, but look at that, you know, you... Uh, well, they believe they they the Constitution says they have a right to carry a gun. Mm-hmm. The problem is that uh, in the world that's mixed up today, that is moving away from Christianity, that is uh, more sort of um, uh, becoming more and more evil. Um, you know, we're going to see a lot of these situations happening more and more. I mean, I've been over to Indianapolis where this shooting actually took place. I've been right. there. And lovely people. I've mm-hmm. uh, I've uh, worked, gone out into the country and seen the Amish people and. Uh, 
and uh, yeah, been through America a while back, and absolutely lovely people. But once again, this tragedy hits that uh, family, innocent people are killed because somebody has, uh, um, you know, uh, lost control of their mind or whatever they've done, and they've got a gun and they've just gone out and and shot them. He actually shot himself. The the guy that committed them yes. murder shot himself. Yes, happens. Uh, Sad. Usually happens that. Uh, yeah. Too. Uh, but yeah, Eric, look, um, it's very good to to have you with us uh, today. You. And uh, maybe um, for a while, you know, you'll uh, fall back more on, uh, on Tuesday. Uh, but um, I always enjoy uh, talking to you. And Eric, today it's a very important topic. We, we're starting this week with, uh, um, with a very important uh, question um, about church. And we are going to to find out uh, what is the church? What is the church, Eric? What do you um, what comes in your mind when we say that word, church? Well, I think to many people, the first thing comes to mind is the building. Mm-hmm. You know, the church is down the street, or you know, I go to the church here and whatever. Mm-hmm. I think. That's generally what uh, a first person would think of as church. And it's interesting when you look at what's happening with church today, if you look at any of the evangelism program, especially from America, it's mm-hmm. very hyped up into drawing more and more people. It doesn't, it kind of almost seems like it's an entertainment right. sort of a thing where, okay. you know, you have the singing seems to take over a lot. And, and of course, singing is, is part of worship, but the message is the most important of any service mm-hmm. is, is preaching from God's word. But uh, so, you know, a lot of people go to church for different reasons. Um, I know, I know of some people have gone to meet, meet somebody, mm-hmm. a lady or mm-hmm. whatever, you know, and we go for different reasons. But the thing is that when people come to church, they, um, they get into a, um, a, a, a sort of a sem, uh, a series of where, uh, the Holy Spirit can actually touch their hearts, whatever reason we come, uh, might be just for an interest or somebody's invited them. Or they're just inquisitive, um, or you know they've they've heard something on Faith FM and they've gone to a church. Mm. You know? So the, the spirit draws them in. So is the church the building? That's the question. What does the Bible say? The the churches and it's interesting. And, um, and just just before mm. we going into the Bible, uh, Eric, I would like to uh, just pause for a moment. Yes. Uh, you 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 mentioned that um, horrible thing happening in America, you know, mm. uh, shooting. And our hearts goes with those people. And I sure. wonder if we could, even before we open the Bible and look sure. into the Bible, to talk about the church and the importance of the church in this uh, time we live, you know, in society. Uh, I wonder if we could start with the word of prayer and pray for those people also in America, those people who lost their loved ones, mm. um, and for God to um, do what is necessarily there, mm. and um, the right people in the in the right position there to to take action and to mm. uh, to help. Uh, how would you like to sure. to start this program with a short word of prayer? Sure. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you that we can come before such a wonderful God today. We thank you, Lord, that we serve a living God, a God who hears and answers prayers, a God who is a coming Messiah, and one that is close to us in our hearts and minds. We thank you, Lord, that you brought us from dark places into your wonderful truth. Mm. The knowledge of the Bible, Lord, changes us and keeps changing us, and while yet we're still sinners, Lord, we know that you work powerfully through all of us. And today, Lord, we are sorry and sad to hear of the events in America and other mass shooting, more mm. innocent lives lost. 
We pray for the families there, Lord, that are mourning, struggling to know what happens when a child leaves home in the morning and doesn't come home, or a parent or an elderly person, whoever. Uh, We just pray for those families today. And we pray, Lord, that uh, you will move the minds of of the people, uh, Lord, that are in control of these gun lobbies, Lord, to to understand that uh, these destructive weapons in the hands of people who are unstable, Lord, can do so much damage. Mm. So we pray, Lord, that you'll move mightily throughout the lands. We know that we'll see a lot of this happening and more and more of this happening, but Mm. it's still hard for people to work through this. So I pray you'll be with those families. And be with us, Lord, today as we study the topic about what the church is, yes. what the responsibilities of the church are. And so, Lord, we pray that you'll just guide and lead us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Eric. And yeah, yes, please take us through some of the passages of the Bible um, to uh, to see what the Bible says about the church. Yeah, it's interesting um, when you look at what Scripture says um, about uh, the Bible. Uh, to do with the church and um, you know often we really consider the church to be the place where we gather and and we have our worships and everything but we also can uh, have it so much that we hire, hold the building in such a high esteem well God actually the translation if you look at what the word church translated in the Greek it's very interesting it comes from Alessia which means as an assembly or the called out ones. That's mm-hmm. what the word church actually stands for in the in the Bible. So the root meaning of the church, the word church, is not that of a building, but of people. Yes. So it's actually from of people. And it is ironic that when you ask people where, what church they attend, they usually identify a building. Well, Romans sixteen five says, "Greet the church that is in their house." Mm. Paul refers to the church in their house, not a church building, but it's actually a body of believers. So wherever a, a body of believers are, there you can define that as a church. Yeah. No matter the number, mm-hmm. which to me is quite interesting. And of course, the church is the body of Christ, to extend it out further, of which he is the head. Uh, Ephesians one twenty two to 23 says, And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. So this body of Christ interests me mm-hmm. because this is talking about in this way he's, he's uh, showing this. It's made up of all the believers joined together, make up this body that Christ is talking about, his body. Absolutely, and it's wonderful to see that we are part of the body, um, yes. uh, and as described in the Bible, that um, we are members mm. of of the body, and each one of us have different strengths, different, uh, you know, uh, things to do in mm. the body, and again, um, this is also about relationship it's about coming together it's not just about a cold old building you know i i know and i respect that you know mm-hmm. sometimes it's reverent you know to yes. go into the world church in a building mm-hmm. um but uh, i think we are we are going to see a little bit more um not only today on this program but as we progress in the in the week because we are going to talk about eric about about things like uh, uh, why does the church have so many hypocrites mm. You know, yes. and an empty church, an empty building cannot have hypocrites, you know, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and also other things. Why, why abuse happens? Mm. 
mm. you know, in the church. And is the is that real? Or um, yeah, we we are going to see a little bit more um, church members and mm. conflict. Mm. You know, in, in the church, is that possible to have conflict? Mm. Uh, where where are people? There is conflict, uh, Eric, mm. and it's uh, important to understand how to deal with that as uh, as believers, as the ones you know who are. We understand that we are part of the body, which the head of the body is Jesus himself. And it's interesting too, Nick, that, um, and probably we'll talk about this tomorrow night about hypocrisy, but uh, the whole thing is that uh, to be a hypocrite, you know, uh, the thing is that this body of Christ is actually... um, doesn't just mean, and in fact, let me let me put it this way: it's 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 found here in a text, and it says here in First Corinthians twelve thirteen: for we were all baptized by one Spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greek, slave or free, and we were all given the one Spirit to drink. So this verse says that anyone who believes it's part of the body of Christ and receives the Spirit of Christ as evidence. A part of that body, mm. so this is not an exclusive thing just for Jews or Gentiles yes. or you know whatever color. This is, means that we're all one in one body, which is so important, I believe, um, because we can start setting some rules and regulations. Um, when you know the church is not just a club that has rules and regulations, and and you check them all out first. This is so that people can freely come. To drink of the blood of Christ, if you like mm. to, to have that divine spirit there. And from that, then the body of Christ is formed from all individuals, you know? Yes. And that is so important that we understand that the, the, that Christ came not to condemn, it says in John three seventeen. He didn't come to condemn, but to save the world, which is so important. So mm. it's, it's, this invitation goes out to all to become part of this body. It's consisted for everyone. And it's interesting to see that the local church is described in Galatians 1, 1 to 2. It says there, Paul, an apostle, and all the brothers with me to the churches in Galilee. So here we see that in the providence of Galatia, there were many churches that had a localized ministry and were scattered throughout the providence. Mm. They were local churches, you know. Um, And then there's a universal church, really, where the... You have your local one, and then you have a universal mm. church mm. where all the believers are yes. gathered as one. Well. Yes, yeah, absolutely. So and uh, I like this also, Eric. Um, when I um, when I come into the church, I mean, as a as the Seventh Adventist Church as a group, you know, mm. uh, I could see the universal universality. How you say that <laughs> word? You know, uh, of the church wherever I went. Mm. You know, even if it was in my country, in different parts of the country, or if I went somewhere overseas, you know, you could find uh, your family. Mm. You know, you can find people who are doing the same thing. And that's a very interesting uh, concept also. We may touch on that as we go too. Mm. So the church is not a, a, a building. Uh, according to the Bible, the church is the body of Christ and all those who have placed their faith in Christ for salvation. For John three fifteen to 17, which I just read before, says that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. For God so loved the world that he gave the one and his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to actually save the yeah. world through him. And that's the whole object of the church. Yes. Is to go out and, and to spread that message wherever you go. 
Um, and so um, this thing of where is the church referenced in Scripture, well, uh, we find there that um, it fi- finds it in Acts 1 to 8. It says, But you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes to you, and you'll be my witness in Jerusalem and into all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So what he's saying here is that we receive power. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, Nick, I've had questions. We mentioned this the other night when I was with Pastor Gary, but some people say, Why go to church? Yeah. Why can't I just stay in home and, yes. and fellowship there by myself? And many people are doing that uh, these days, Eric, actually. Yes. Uh, you have it at your fingertip, you know. Uh, you can just uh, go on the internet, you can go on YouTube, you can go there and listen whatever you like. And, um, yeah. You, you could sit at home and watch a DVD. Absolutely. And, and uh, downstream and watch something, mm. you know. But the whole thing is that if we look and see what the Bible does, the Bible... Uh, talks about these disciples gathering as was their custom on the Sabbath mm. and they went into the synagogue. They went and, and, and a group of believers, sometimes they sat, Jesus sat on the riverbank with people. Mm-hmm. But wherever it was, the fellowship, the power was the, the being of like-minded people yes. and, and having that fellowship and then going out and spreading the word. So the, the encouragement comes from being within a group of believers, mm-hmm. being in the body of Christ, where we strengthen one another through different things. And, and that's what it's talking about here. Um, I love this text here, Nick. It's found in Ephesians two nineteen to 22. It says, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. and him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his Spirit. Um, today the church bears the image of Jesus Christ and carries on to the ministry of Jesus to the whole world through the generations. So mm. it's saying there that as we dwell on him, as we come part of that body, we're actually transformed. Our bodies are transformed into a temple of God, if you yes. like, to receive the Spirit. Yes, and he's the cornerstone, you know. He's yes. the, the one who, which, the whole building, if you like, it's, uh, it's uh, you know, uh, Founded, mm. but interesting enough that uh, we mentioned earlier about uh, the actual buildings, you know, yeah. which is very important to put that cornerstone. When uh, mm. somebody, I'm a builder also, you yes. know, and I know how, you know, when you need to start something, you need to have a, a, a central point. I mean, something where to start, you know, or mm. uh, and uh, but in this case. Obviously, Jesus is not saying that he's the cornerstone for um, for any cathedrals or buildings or whatever. He's the cornerstone of that group. Of people, because we're two or three uh, gathered together, uh, the the presence of God. Yes, and I've been a, a bricklayer in my time, mm-hmm. so I know that when you when I lay the bricks, uh, you've got to have a, a strong foundation. The, the the center point is the foundation. Yes, uh, and then you've got to have a strong point to start from. And what happens is when you put the mortar in, the mortar is slightly weaker. It's weaker than the material using the brick. So if there is a crack, if that foundation moves, then the crack will run up the mortar, not through the brick, not mm. through people. So what it's saying here is that the foundation is so important. Jesus is immovable. We're built on that foundation. And so, uh, and then he has us in place and it's part of that and he holds everything together. I love that. I love this image of Jesus here, uh, that he is the cornerstone and that we are all part of that building, you know? Yeah. And l- let's look a little bit more into this, uh, Eric. Uh, what is the body of Christ? Let's, let's look a little bit more into this if possible. 
Okay. Well, in the book of Acts, um, the author writes that the members of the early church frequently gathered together. So it says here, continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to the and to prayer. So Acts two forty two talks about the body of Christ gathers together locally. And, and regular fellowship and community are therefore essential attributes of life. No believer is intended to live out their faith alone. Mm-hmm. They have been given the body of Christ for encouragement, strength, and support. And this is why believers are called to spend time with other believers. Uh, it's also where we get our weekly church from, from the Bible, because it said as Jesus' custom was, he went to the synagogue on the seventh day of the week and, and he opened up the scriptures and read there. Mm-hmm. So the place where Christians gather to worship God and fellowship with each other bears the name of the, tr- of the church. However, the true purpose of the church exists beyond the building or the place of worship. Its power is found in actually in the people and their movement in the world. And so this is so important that the power is, uh, is given to us as gifts and talents of people. We have the power of the Holy Spirit, but then we're to go outside the walls of the church. Mm-hmm. It's like the church is in, uh, has invisible walls, and we are to move out into the world around us and to share God. That's the whole purpose of the church, really. Uh, oh, right. That's, that's really good. That's really good. Okay, we can um, uh, move on a bit more. Do you have any other passages in the Bible which you like to refer to? Yeah, well, there is a very good one, and it's Corinthians 12, 12, 13. It says, For even as the body is one, and yet has many members, and all the members of the body, though they are many, are one body, so also in Christ. For by one Spirit we're all baptized into one body, whether we're Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, or we were made to drink of the one spirit. Mm-hmm. And uh, and First Corinthians twelve twenty six says, As part of the body of Christ, Christians are members of a much greater community. And if one member suffers, all the members suffers with it. If one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. So each member of the body is valued. And that's what I like about about the scripture, it teaches us that there is not one person above another. The weakest link is the most, one of the most important. Mm. And, and you need to take care of it even more, you know, to look yeah. after it. As the, as the Bible says, it, the weaker one or the one which is not so, um, you know, um, looks so important, it's even covered better, you know, or dressed better. <laughs> yeah. But it's interesting, Nick, that we are all sinners. Mm. And yet God calls us as part of his body of Christ. That, to me, gives me encouragement that when I fall and uh, and I ask for forgiveness from Christ and he covers me with his love and, and takes away that sin, that, you know, that he still reveres me as part of that body, as one of his sons and daughters. That's a great encouragement to all of us that are listening Tonight, you know, and you know, you mentioned, uh, and we know this that that we are not perfect, you know, mm. uh, and the members of the body of of Christ, uh, they are imperfect. Mm. Uh, only you know, Jesus is the one who's uh, you know bringing together yes. this body, keeping it together, you know. Uh, mm. But we can learn how to work together mm. with uh, each other and to to have a good outcome. I mean, not to be chaotic, not to do things just, uh, you know, all over the place, but to have a direction because the the head is actually directing. 
Is that not right? That's right. You know, if, I love that Ephesians 4 uh, talks about that where it says, I therefore, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling for which you were called with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. Mm. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called and one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God. And Father of all, who is above all, and through all, and is in you all. And it says here in verse seven, but to each of uh, each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he left captivity captive and gave gifts to men. And then later on in that verse, it's very interesting. He says here. Uh, in verse 15, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ, mm. from whom the whole body joined and knitted together with what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causing growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. So this is actually talking about the um, the veins and the sinew that actually yes. holds it all together. It's all there held through love. You know, we're all bound together, and as long as we have that measure of um, here talking about gentleness and loneliness and and being in tune with God, then we're all knit together in love. And I think mm. it's a beautiful picture. Yes, and and in these days, Eric, um, talking about love, you know, uh, yeah, we, we may uh, misunderstand about the uh, role of love, you know, uh, in our lives, you know, and we, we can look from we can look for from wrong angles, you know, mm. about love. Because we talk about love of selves, yes. love of money, love of good life, love of uh, lots of things which will benefit me. But actually the true love is the love which will offer to benefit others. Yes, and, and often this love is... Um, because sometimes, you know, in a church that's been there for a long time and, and, and we, we tend to reverent the church, which is fine, you were talking mm. about that before, but sometimes those, the reverent of the church can take more precedent than actually um, uh, the purpose of what the church is there for. Mm-hmm. You know, Nick, I, and I'd be truthful with you, sometimes I've been to um, a prayer meetings or a business meeting where more people have turned up because something's going to happen to the church, especially in a business meeting, mm-hmm. you get people who haven't been to church for a long time and suddenly they're there because they're concerned about what's going to happen to the church. Now, they haven't attended it for a while, some of them, yes. but they're there because that is where their heart is. This is what they see as the prime source, that the building is the highest thing. Can I just share an incident, uh, an example of that? Absolutely. Yes. And, Go ahead. Uh, this happened uh, quite a while ago when I, I started coming to church, and um, uh, we had a change of pastor in a small country church, beautiful church, mm-hmm. but there wasn't much growth. Uh, there wasn't many, uh, uh, we weren't getting many people, weren't coming and being mm-hmm. baptized. We're a small mm-hmm. group, yeah. and there wasn't much evangelizing going on. And uh, we were just going from one Sabbath to the other, and then, and then we had a change in pastor, and this pastor was evangelistic. He came in and said, let's run some seminars. Let's advertise this. And so we all got enthused, and we went round and we letterboxed, and we put posters up, and we advertised this program. And people started coming along. It was mm. amazing. And this, mm. was a, uh, this was something new for our little church. And then um, uh, we, he started to do a few things and change things around. And then 
And then he came up with a suggestion that really rocked the church to its foundations. He said, okay, um, I'd like to put to the church that we change the pews around, that we format them differently. Uh, we put them in a semicircle with the, the pulpit up the front as the centre and the thing over there. And, and some people weren't happy about that. Mm-hmm. So he said, let's call a, a business meeting so everybody from the church could come. And so they came. And I tell you, we had a small church, but everybody plus ex-members were there, I tell mm. you. Everybody was there, and it was amazing. And there was much heated debate about whether we should change the pews around or not. Mm-hmm. Very important mm-hmm. subject, you know. And so they decided to have a secret ballot, which was done, and it was decided to change the pews. So that that Thursday, the pews were changed around and then uh, into this new way of doing it. And then, you know, Nick, uh, we all turned up for church on Sabbath morning and somebody had sneaked in on the Friday night and changed the seats back, back to where they were. <laughs> and I don't think those seats ever changed. But, you know, Nick, what, what was quite sad is I realized as time went by what this all meant to me and, and what we're talking about tonight, and that is that the pastor there had, uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit, had 12 baptisms in three years. Mm. Unheard of in our church. But do you know what he's remembered for? Still, you know, when I was there, mm-hmm. years later, still remembered as the pastor who tried to muck up the church to change the church. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I understand. I understand, you understand that the, the whole thing is we can get out, we can get so caught up with things in, that we're doing on a week-to-week or on a basis. And I understand that we do love our, our building, you know, yeah. we do. But to, when you start to place it, above what the mission of the church is to outreach to people. Mm. And, you know, some of those people that came in were actually very concerned members of another group, concerned brethren, and they actually came in. I got to know them very well and their families. And and they, they still went. Years and years later, they were still going, brought mm-hmm. in by the church outreaching. But it just brought to me how we can get hung up on some of these triviality things that we think are so important when when we when we criticize a pastor for that yeah but all these baptisms and we don't see it yeah and eric what you brought up here it's i believe uh, has a very very sensitive uh, also um, approach and what i believe either way mm. either either if you want to change things in the church pews or other things just because that's what you want to do to be more comfortable for yourself either way you can be wrong, you know, because mm. you can focus too much on the inside, yes. on the things which, uh, you know, are, doesn't mm. really matter, you know, how you put the, the seats in the end, mm. but it will matter if you are uh, uh, evangelistic. Now, we are going mm. to come to that a little bit more to discuss, but I just yes. want to take a short break here, sure. uh, Eric. And before I'm going to play a song, I would like to give a free book out now. This is one of the best books you can have in your hands, um, in your library, a Christian book called The Great Controversy. This will um, bring to your attention the history of the church. Mm. Now, Eric, I know that, and this is what I said a bit earlier, that uh, uh, another thing which we would like to talk about you, that you worked with books for many, many years. I mean, you work as a colporter. Uh, many people may not understand what's that. Uh, Colporter, you know? Well, it's a person who is called by God to go to doors selling Bibles and Christian mm-hmm. books and health books. Yeah. Door yes. Door. Uh, now, I believe you, you sold or give away many of these uh, yes. books, The Great Controversy. Yes. What would you like to say about this book to our listeners? Well, this, this book I'm holding my hands here now, The Great Controversy Ended, is a powerful book. 
Mm. I've seen this book change people's lives because what it does, uh, it starts off at the beginning of the church history of time. It goes right through Martin Luther King and it goes right through the period in the Dark Ages, mm-hmm. right up to the end of time. Mm. But it also brings out throughout, I believe, the love of Christ. Mm. And But it also brings out the history, I think, that we understand what has actually taken place before with the martyrs. Yes. Going right through the time, through the Waldensians, through the Dark Ages, and then going right through the end of time, it will lay out a map like a GPS, if mm-hmm. you like, right through the human history to the, beyond our time now to when Jesus is coming again. And I've seen people who have read this have testified that this book here is a wonderful book to hand. It's called The Great Controversy Ended, a powerful book. And uh, you, people really enjoy reading this book. And you do, you just need to write a message to us, uh, on the number which we provided. And we, I'm mentioning the number again. It's zero four triple eight eight zero eight double one. Or uh, another way, I will say the number in another way. Zero four double eight double eight zero eight double one. You can send us a message uh, requiring uh, this book, The Great Controversy. Always you can uh, go on our website, uh, faithfm.com.au, and we have more offers there. But right now, I will um, leave you with this uh, for a few minutes, this beautiful song, Somebody Bigger Than You and I, by Carter and Carter. Somebody bigger than 
Beautiful song, uh, uh, somebody bigger than you and I, and uh, that's God uh, taking care of us all, being the head of the church as we discuss here. And uh, yeah, it's good to have you with us today, listening to Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A with Nick Rita and um, our co-host it's Eric uh, Hoare. We are talking about what is the church primarily. What is the church and uh, uh, we are going to look a little bit more in uh, in details uh, during the week about the, the church and why so many hypocrites in the church or uh, abuse in the church, uh, church members and conflict. Um, but Eric, uh, just before the break, you share with us uh, a bit of a story there, how easily we can miss out of the real think about church, you know, and what God wants us to do as a church, rather than to just look after the building, you know, um, tick all the boxes, you know, that the the building is in order, which is necessarily, mm. necessarily. Uh, and I like that you pointed out that, but let's look a little bit further in the few minutes we have left here. Uh, what is the purpose of the church, actually, Eric? Well, the purpose of the church, I believe, is to encourage its members and for us all to grow in faith. But it's it's more than that. It's we're there as a witness. And um, I, I love Jesus' words in Matthew twenty eight eighteen to twenty, and it says, "And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying." All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Mm. So we're there to be actually to be inspired, to be trained, but we're actually to go out. Um, to go out into the communities and share what we've learned. I, I remember hearing a sermon one time, Nick, and it was powerful to me, where it talked about um, uh, coming to church and it said, you know, we all have duties at church, you mm-hmm. know, like I'm an elder in a church and, and everything, we, we all have those duties. So I come to church, I hear the word of God, and then um, then he says, what do you do then? Uh, when the sun goes down and the Sabbath is finished, he says then, and church is finished, do we then, do we, like, if you if you don't mind me using this analogy, but using a football team, if they go and learn instruction and then they went out and did nothing, uh, there would be no, there would be, they wouldn't advance very far yes. in this point. So if we hear the word of God and then we, uh, we're inspired and it's a wonderful service, we take it in for ourselves, but if we don't go out and share what God has done for us and what we've learnt, then we're like a like receiving instruction, but not doing any more about mm, it. Mm. And what he's calling us at the end of time, and these days when it's so necessary to go out, he's calling for people to come to church, the body of Christ, the believers, to learn and to and to be guided and to be changed by the Holy Spirit. And then we're to to go out and not think that all our our duties are done because we served as a deacon or a, or th- and that's it that's our part every day is a day of mm, sharing mm. and so that's what we must take into our, our hearts and lives and and to go out you know 
Jesus said that the followers are to be the light of the world, and you can only light up the world if you're in a dark place. Mm. We're all there together in church in a light place. We're all believers, but you've got to actually take that light, and then you've got to go into a dark into place. The and Nick, when I was young, I, I I was scared of the dark. I used to leave the light. Mum used to leave the light on. You know, I was a yeah. bit of a sook when I was young. I had that, but that light gave me comfort and hope. And that's what it does to the people out there. You bring you're bringing light to them. And that's what the followers of Christ do when they yes. follow Jesus. Yes. And, and it's, it's so important. Uh, and Matthew five thirteen to 16 says, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. And so this is is taking the light to represent God's kingdom and to take it out, and not to hide it, not mm. to put it away, but to boldly shine. And you know what that light is that's given to us? It's our life. It's it's what God has done through us. That's all, that's all we do. That's all we need to understand. You don't need to know Every single text in the Bible, yes. you can. You are that testimony, and I've yes. seen the most powerful testimonies given by people who've come to the church for the first time. Absolutely, sure you have and, and you know what? The most powerful tool of evangelism, talking here about that, we need to share the light. Is actually your story, your testimony. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not to give uh, a very right. eloquent, uh, you know, um, Bible study or a theological debate. It's actually your experience, your story. Mm. And because that's real, uh, Eric, that's something which you um, you live mm. through. That's right. And that's the power of the Spirit, isn't mm. it? That we don't forget how he's led us in the path, that we may share that in the future. So as Jesus said, let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. And it says this, by this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Mm. You see, the thing is too, Nick, is that if we... um don't concentrate on taking that light and sharing it. Often we do look inside the church mm-hmm. and there can be arguments and fighting because of the red carpet or because of this or that. Now, the thing is, I look at this text, Nick, and I say to myself, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. How do they know that? How, how does uh, somebody who doesn't believe actually know that you love one another? And my, uh, all I can say is they're not sitting in church looking over your shoulder and seeing that you love one another, mm-hmm. are they? The only way they can see that is if, if, if you actually take that love and go to them. Right. That's, that's they're, not, they're not sitting there looking at you knowing that you love one another. You're out there sharing that love. You're not letting these other things stop you by you know having a disagreement with a church member and getting caught up on this theology. You let's let the Spirit take you where it leads you. Yes. And we are a living testimony, Eric, you know, mm. as we go and live out our faith mm. and uh, our belief. Um, just on that one, I actually prepared another little song here, mm. which I uh, I play in a, in a sec. Uh, but before I play that song, I, um, I wanted to mention again the offer which we have uh, for today. Um, the wonderful book, uh, Great Controversy. And please don't miss on this one. It's a great book to, to have in, uh, in your hands, uh, and to read. 
you need to just uh, send us a SMS on zero four triple eight eight zero eight double one, and uh, we'll make sure that this book um, comes in, into your hands uh, free of charge, uh, no no obligation. And um, here we play a song now uh, um, entitled uh, "I Believe." A flower grows And I believe that somewhere In the darkest night A candle glows I believe for everyone Who goes astray Someone will smallest prayer will still be heard and I believe that someone in the great somewhere hears every Station director here at Faith FM. Faith FM is almost 11 years old and it's been incredible to see how God has used us to change lives around Australia in every community we reach. I'd like to invite you to partner with Faith FM in supporting and growing your station by giving whatever God calls you to share. You can go to faithfm.com.au slash donate or call us on 1-800-FAITH-FM to see how you can make a difference. Thanks for listening. Welcome back. You are listening to Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A with Nick Rita and Eric Howard uh, talking about what is the church. Eric, you mentioned just before the break about that we uh, we are the salt of this uh, world. And now, just a quick uh, question: Have you ever uh, seen or you know try to taste um, salt who lost its taste? <laughs> well, uh, I've uh, I've tasted food that hasn't had salt in it. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> I tell you, and, and even in the cooking, you know, it's so neat. You, you can tell that it it does lose its flavour. I'm afraid to say. And uh, but yeah, I've I've had that happen to me. And uh, yeah, I know what it's like to to have food without salt on it. But it's interesting, Nick. You know that. Um, this thing of salt um, interests me because the, the church is called uh, to be the moral and spiritual preservation of a broken world in need of healing. Christ's ministry was actually founded on healing the sick, caring for the poor and freeing the oppressed from guilt. Uh, for the church to be effective, it must pursue this mission as well. And when the church is grounded in the grace of God and truth of his word, its members 
you know, we'll, we'll have love and joy and peace and kindness and we, we'll make a difference into the world. The church exists to strengthen and equip its members for an external relationship with a broken world. More than an organisation, the church is a life-giving movement, alive and thriving in the power of God's grace and Christ's free gift of salvation to all. And I love this just with a couple of minutes left. We've got Nick is Revelation 19, 7-8, where Christ says, Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory, for the wedding of the Lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready, fine linen, bright and clean, given her to, her to wear. And, and often... Uh, the the church is called the bride, mm-hmm. and he is the bridegroom. Yes, this is the treasure of his eye. Is mm. the body is, is, is the people that believe in Christ? Yes, the church. These are the apple of his eye, and he and he says many times it says that he has um, uh, talking about this. You know, uh, it says uh, also in um, Ephesians five it says. Uh, and 24, therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, it says. So, you know, uh, we are subject to Christ. And it talks about the husband loving their wife yeah. just as they love the church. Yeah. You know? yeah, that's wonderful. And that is powerful. That to me means that this is the apple of God's eye. But it's, it's actually the group of believers, mm. not the building, you know. And we, we need to think outside of the square a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's right, uh, Eric. Now, look, time, it's, uh, yeah, it's coming um for a close shortly. Uh, I wonder, Eric, if you, if you have something, you know, to just bring it together a little bit for, uh, for today. Um, just talking about uh, what is the church. Um, and what would you like to say to our listeners, you know, just to, to wrap it up a little bit uh, in well, the next few minutes. Well, I believe, Nick, in, in these times that we're living in, right at the end of the days when the world is getting dark and there's so much confusion and unstableness that we need to, to cling to our faith stronger and more powerfully now than ever. But more than ever, not individually, but as a, in a group of believers. Mm. So if, if people listening today that, that, you know, that have their faith, uh, and, and, uh, they're, they're doing it alone and sometimes mm. they get discouraged in that, I, I would say, read the Bible. The Bible led me to the church. Uh, right. th- you know, I read the Bible and then I, I found my church through the Bible. I used to go to a, to a different church, but when I read the scriptures and saw the truth that it contained, that actually led me to the church that I now go to today, and that was quite a process. So well, I would say search the scriptures, right. join a group of believers, you know, and, and, and share your faith. Witness because your faith will grow. You'll become a uh, a strong body in the body of Christ by witnessing. That will make your muscles stronger, if you like, spiritually, is by sharing. And when you see God's uh, power working through that, then you you know your faith is increased and. And you stand in awe of God because that's our whole purpose here is to go out and to share share the salt, mm. share the light mm. to the world. I think you said something very interesting there, uh, Eric, because when you search the Bible, the truth of the Bible led you to the church. Mm. I mean, didn't uh, lead you to the church n- nearby no. on your uh, neighborhood or uh, didn't necessarily lead you to the church of your parents or your uh, ancestors, you know, say, okay, this is the church where I need to be. Uh, it led you to the truth. Yeah, and that, that, that movement of the Holy Spirit that, that changes each one of us, 
when we feel it, actually changes our lives in all directions. Mm -hmm. It it led me to the church, but it also led me to stop doing things in my life that were actually killing me health-wise and different things. Mm. Uh, Things I've been doing for a long time in my life. And and that power is there. And and that's the whole thing that, that when we... When we follow Christ and He leads us through into all these matters, it grounds us in the grace of God, and and it fills up, with, fills us up with its word, and then we love those around us, not only in the church, but it leads us outside because you won't look for anything, Nick, unless you see it as precious. Yeah. So we won't go out and search for the lost if we don't see them as precious. We'll be content in our little group of believers in our church. We we won't go and seek the lost. Yeah. Jesus says He left the ninety nine. To seek the one. Yes. That's very, very well said, uh, Eric. And I believe this is a good point, you know, to, to end on, uh, that we, we need to open the Bible, search for the, the truth, have that relationship with Jesus, which is the head of the church, uh, and then we'll, uh, we'll find our purpose. Mm-hmm. We'll find out also what Jesus wants, uh, for us and through us, you know, mm-hmm. to do for other people because we are a living testimony. I said earlier, uh, the Great Commission, we mentioned that, you know, uh, is that to go and to preach the gospel to every nation, everything what Jesus commanded us mm-hmm. to do. That's wonderful. Uh, Eric, um, yeah, time is uh, gone and I wonder if uh, if we can have just time for a little uh, short prayer um, and then we'll, uh, we'll conclude. Uh, I may ask you again to, okay. to pray, uh, Eric, if you don't mind. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just want to thank you for your wonderful love for us all tonight. We thank you, Lord, that in a dark place your light came to us. And Lord, we're moved by the Holy Spirit. You came and you sought us out. You came and seeked for us, Lord, and you found us. And even though we may have struggled over time, Lord, we felt your love within us. And Lord, that love keeps on changing us. And I I pray tonight, Lord, with all the listeners, Lord, that are listening, Pray, Lord, that each one will feel your love tonight, to know, Lord, that you are at the head of the church, that you are the spiritual one, the one that never lies, the one that never lets us down. You are that solid foundation that we talked about. Mm. So we pray, dear Heavenly Father, tonight, Lord, that each one of us, Lord, will continue to follow you, that you will lead us in this life, however long or short it may be. That whatever happens around us in this world as we see things falling apart, we know that we can walk safely with you. And that, Lord, as you give us light, that we will shine that light out to others and become the salt of the earth, Lord. Share your salt to others, that their lives will be changed too, those that are caught in bondage and sin. So, Lord, bless us all tonight, Lord. Thank you for Nick and pray you'll bless him and his family. And thank you, Lord, for your leading and your care. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Eric. And, and thank you for you, Eric, and your passion for God and serving God and sharing the good news with other people. Thank you, all of you listening to us uh, today on Drive Time BQ&A with Nick Rita and Eric Hoer. Um, we are inviting you to join us again um, tomorrow with Eric again. But this time with Pastor uh, Gary Hodgkin, uh, they are going to look into uh, why does the church have so many hypocrites? You don't want to miss that one. And um, please uh, uh, continue to send us messages on zero four triple eight eight zero eight double one. I'll leave you with a nice uh, song. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. May God richly bless you. Keep walking in the footsteps of Jesus. Thank you.
of His glory and grace. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face. And the things of this earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and